I have brown hair, a red beard, blue eyes, uh, and a heart of fucking gold. Oh my god, I thought you were going to say something else. What were you going to say? I thought you were going to say a hard fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. I was not going to say that. Oh, wow. <laughs> What if there were two people, and these two people had never met in real life, but they met on the internet and became friends, and they started a podcast and talked about five random topics every week, and one of the strangers played a song. If that sounds like a good idea to you, then this is the perfect podcast for you. I'm Om76. I'm Patrick Michael McGuire. And this is Five Things in a Song. Yeah. All right. All right, I want to start off the podcast with a little... Fan mail. All right. This fan mail comes from Devin uh, Gustafson. 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 Sorry, buddy. Sorry, Devin. We're not. (laughs) We're not dicks. We're just. Or me. We're just dumb. All right. Hey, Almond Patrick. I wanted to write in and tell you guys how much I enjoy listening to the show. You two consistently make me laugh out loud at my desk at work. I think it would be totally badass if Patrick did a cover of uh, "Houses on the Shore" by I Come to Shanghai. Uh, keep up the what awesome the heck work. is that uh I, I listened to the song it was really cool i'm not going to do it today unfortunately because i just got this email yesterday and i didn't have time to work on his song i have another one planned but that's a great suggestion i'm gonna i'm gonna definitely look at that song and we appreciate uh the kind words so yes thank you we need a constant stream of affirmation and otherwise uh, we have no idea that there are people out there we, no idea no idea otherwise we're just you know we're giving you guys something and get nothing back so this really means a lot um, also, I wanted to, <laughs> can I read the, the review on iTunes? Yeah, go for it. So, so guys, we got a review on iTunes. It's called So Amaze, and it's, they gave us five stars. And then the review says, wow, such funny, so amaze, very art, much inspiration. Wow. <laughs> I love it. So, so my question is, is that someone fucking with us? <laughs> it is, and if, if you are, thank you, that's funny. And it, it's either that or somebody foreign really foreign and we just have no idea who it is but either way that's that's... i am amazed by that review and thank you so much for leaving it yeah thank you i was in ross dress for less recently (laughs) and uh perfect by pink was playing on the in the store do you know the song i do not i know you know a lot of Katy perry stuff and that kind of shit what yeah i mean i know k perry but i mean not really pink that much it, the song's also known as fucking perfect if you listen to the album non-radio version hmm. and the the chorus's lyrics are pretty pretty please don't you ever ever feel like you're less than bleeping perfect Which <laughs> firmly places this in the category of a pep talk song, and so you say you're not against pep talk songs. What are your What are your thoughts on them? No, I'm I'm pro whatever gets you going. I mean, that's you know, I mean, although that's kind of funny. She doesn't know you. She, did, you know, you're listening and you're exactly. like, I'm perfect, and she has no idea who you are. <laughs> right. I, I don't I don't know why this is, but pep talk songs really bum me out, and I've never really been able to like put my finger on why. That is really, yeah. I I can't. I I mean, part of it is that yeah, she doesn't know you, so she's not really singing to you 
but that doesn't really explain it all. Um, and whenever I can't figure something out, I tend to want to do a Twitter survey. <laughs> Bling. And, and um, that's what you did? Do you ever survey Twitter? Yes. Just to get like a like a group source feel for like the answer on, on something? Absolutely. Like if I think something is cool or ridiculous, I'll try to throw it out there and see what people what people think. Yeah, I'm all, I always have high hopes for the Twitter survey and I'm trying to get some insight. Did it work? And, well, I mean, I love surveying Twitter, but it's often like asking somebody to pass you the butter and they hand you a sock with Tweety Bird on it. <laughs> <laughs> people want to they want to respond, but sometimes you get weird answers that don't really answer the question. <laughs> well, Twitter Twitter is weird too because half the time people are fucking around and they're like, "Oh, um um is funny, so I just so she's not a serious person, so I'm just going to like be completely humorous." Yeah. Uh, like the whole time. It's like when you have a funny uncle and then all of a sudden your funny uncle does something unfunny and it's just like a super bummer. I'm talking about like when you're a little kid. Yeah. You always think that uncle's funny, therefore he should always be funny and that's the only plane that he exists on. Yeah, totally. Like yeah, I and I do that on Twitter too where I'll uh sometimes I'll put I don't know why, but I'll put up a uh, song lyrics I'm working on or just, you know, I'll vent my frustrations about like politics or just life in general and just I always I just lose like 20 followers when I do that. Really? So, no, I don't care, but yeah, I just consistently lose followers when I'm not tweeting stupid shit uh so when i asked when i did my twitter survey my question was uh what's the best or worst pop song that's also a pep talk what do you love or hate about it and i got a lot of song titles with no additional information like whether they loved or hated it or why they felt that way uh i did get some answers from people that made sense to me um i am sparticle wrote (laughs) hate Katy perry's firework because no one believes any of these empty cliches not even her and that's probably true. Yeah. Um, Although, kid, I mean, that stuff sells because it's kids, too. Right. It's kids who, you know, and that's why, as a music teacher, I've taught that song, I don't know, 15, 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess kids aren't very cynical. They still have v- vestigial belief in Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, we played with this band who, uh, I don't want to name them because I don't want to be talking poop about bands, but some of you probably have heard of them. They have a single right now. That's kind of like name dropping without really name dropping. You're like (sighs) name slipping. Okay, I I don't want to name anymore, but half half of you have probably heard of them Uh, at this point. They're they're blowing up. But I played with them in Denver, and they were just one of the, they were just nauseating. It was just like, uh, it was like, you can do it if you try. You can do it if you believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself. You can be a rock star. Just like, just you shit. You with that band? Just, yes. Just shit like that all night. Just all night long. And it was like, come on, man. Like, I can't believe this. Well, that's what kids grow up on, on the, you know, all the Disney Channel shows. Yeah. Where uh, the teens, like Selena Gomez, I actually got a, a tweet from a girl named The First Katie. And uh, she says... The, the song that she suggested is called Who Says by Selena Gomez. And I've never heard it, but I did look at the lyrics. And her comment was, the prettier the person singing about how you're perfect just the way you are, the more the bummer. Oh, that's so true. That's totally true. Like Bruno Mars and that little song. I mean, come on, Bruno. We can't look as good as you. We all know that. Which song is this? He's talking to somebody, a love interest, and just saying how they're perfect just how they are. And that's just not a true... It's not true. They're not perfect. No. No one's perfect. Yeah. And it's bullshit. 
So I think the thing that kind of bugs me about it is that the only people who are authorized to hand down these words of hope to fat zitty teens all over America are these people who already fit the ideal. Yeah. So they don't know what it's like. Exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, somebody tweeted me. I, I, sorry, I didn't write down their name, but uh, <laughs> do it by the Rollins band. And it's this. It's essentially don't talk about it, do it. Don't sing about it, do it. It's kind of like a little anthem. Yeah, he just chants, "Do it, do it, do it, do it." <laughs> I, I like that. There should be a song called "Be Reasonable" and give it a good shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need to write that song. That's your. Mantra. I will. It'll just be very unemotional and scientific. It'll be like that's so not you. Here comes the chorus of the song about being reasonable. I picture you being a very emotional songwriter. Yeah, I'm a pretty emotional songwriter. Do you cry when you write? No. Um, yes, you do. I just cry when I have sex, but I think that's pretty normal. <laughs> just kidding. I, I, ne- I, ne- I never have sex. All right. Uh, so I want to talk about animal people and not animal lovers. I love dogs, but I'm not an animal person. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I'm thinking of a friend in particular, and he sometimes listens to this podcast. Buddy, if you listen to this, I'm sorry to passive-aggressively call you out on this podcast instead of telling you to your face, but you're an animal person, man. And an animal person is where they don't have kids, they have more than four animals, uh, and their animals have sort of taken over the house. Like, it's not the person's house anymore, it's like you walk in and it is a shit show of, like, of animals. (laughs) Do they have to be uh, exotic animals? Uh, I mean, no, it has to be, I don't know, like they have like two dogs, two cats, and then now two pigs and something else. Nice. Yeah, see, you're just crossing that line once it goes into the pig territory. Yeah, and it'd be one thing too if it was just kind of like, yeah, I've got a bunch of animals and they live, I teach a bunch of students who have, uh, I have a family in Denver, they're just like super hip, uh, you know, cool family or whatever, but they have like like a chicken coop in the backyard and then goats but you walk in and it's a normal house like it's not like the, ha- the right. animals have taken the goats over. aren't living in the, the kids bedroom under the video game pod. yeah at this particular house that i'm thinking of my buddy's house like the pigs like they've staked claim to the to the house and also they post more pictures of their pigs than my other friends post of their children pigs are cute though they're adorable i know i know but it's like it's ta- it's taken over and i feel bad i love these people they're my good friends they might hear this they might not but buddy you're an animal man you're a pig man now you you know he, what should, I mean? he knows that i don't think you have to apologize 17 times i'm not apologizing but i'm just saying the animals have taken over your house i'm worried about you let me know if you need help i had rats though i had a lot of rats growing up whoa um, why but they why yeah they're cute and they're nice and they're easy to deal with did you have any um exotic pets when you were a child uh nothing exotic although i do remember having a mouse and i think i was probably six or seven and i just played with it played the hell out of it you know what i mean just like (laughs) loved it carried around with me and everything and i was like this is my mouse i remember one time i got home from school like time to play with my mouse and I just like picked it up by its tail and I ripped its tail off. 
And shit, I was, no. Yeah, and I was like, no. Oh my god, that's like a nightmare. It it was, and I uh, the whole thing, or did it just break in half, or what? No, I think I, he's dead. He died right after that. Yeah, it was his spine. Oh my god, I didn't mean to do it. I was just like. I don't know. I was just way too rough with it. I didn't, I wasn't trying to do anything. I just, was, yeah. You, you know. know, I have nightmares about having children, like a baby, and doing something like that to it by accident. Like, oops. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I don't have kids. <laughs> that's why I don't have a mouse. Yeah. It's too heartbreaking. Never, never again. Okay, my next topic, uh, and I don't want to sound like a goody two-shoes, but my next topic is volunteering. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. See, last time I talked about blood donation, or, or a couple weeks ago. Now I'm talking about volunteering, so it seems like I'm just trying to paint myself as just the greatest, grandest person. Yeah, what's next week? Are you going to be a Girl Scout leader or some I shit? I would love to be. That was one of my goals in, as a child, to be a Girl Scout camp counselor. <laughs> really? Never did it. Never made it. I wonder there's if it's still, too late. There's still time. <laughs> you know, you always think of volunteering as doing something sad that's going to, like, bring you down. Like, oh, you're going to work in an old folks home and it's just going to, like, you're going to have to suffer because these people are so sad. <laughs> that's kind of like the, the reputation that, that volunteering has. Do you agree? Yeah, I think uh, I think it's kind of seen as more of a dutiful thing than a rewarding thing. Yeah. And my point is that you can do volunteering and, and have it be for selfish reasons because it actually can be really fun. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, in Colorado, we had those really bad floods. And so a few months ago, I went up to uh, one of the cities that was really, really messed up from the floods. And I don't know, I just spent all day with some friends and we just kind of moved things around and got fresh air and exercise, but helped uh, this like homeowner like clean up their house. And it's kind of like everybody won, you know? Right. And, you know, people, you always hear people who are volunteering, they're like, oh, it felt so good. It was so rewarding and it felt so fulfilling. And you're like, yeah, 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 jag off. You know, you're just bragging about being <laughs> such a good person. But it's not true. It actually is really rewarding and fun and doesn't really feel like hard work. Yeah, I think more people would volunteer their time if there was more access to, if, they, if we made it easier for them to volunteer for things. Yeah, you know what I mean? that was actually one of the things I wanted to bring up is... um my friend LBJ sent me a link to this website called LAWorks.com. And the whole point of the website is it, it matches volunteers up to volunteer opportunities. So That's awesome. it's like a big database and you kind of say what your interests are. And then they'll email you when something comes up that kind of suits your interests. So she sent me a link um, to this bunny orphanage that needed volunteers. And I'm like, I don't know what they're going to have me do, but I don't care. I'm going down there. <laughs> Because, you know, my bunny died in November and I've been missing spending time with him. Yeah. So I wanted to go see some bunnies. So on a couple of weeks ago, on a Saturday, I went down there and all I had to do was just clean rabbit cages for like two hours, which sounds awful, but it was actually really cute because you move from one cage to the next and you get to meet each little dude in each little cage. And some of them don't really want to talk to you because you're a stranger, but other ones are like, hey, I want to be pet so bad. And they'll just like follow your hand around as you're trying to sweep their little turds out <laughs> because they want to be pet. Oh, so it was really nice. And I'm probably going to adopt one of them pretty soon. That's cool. And so I recommend LA works for LA people. 
I'm sure other cities have similar websites or other major cities do. And if you live in a small town, all you got to do is ask your neighbors. That's how shit works in a little town. Yeah. Ask your neighbors. Be real friendly. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I used to do youth group volunteering, but we'll talk about youth group on a different week because I want to make that a topic. Oh, we can make that. (laughs) We can make that a whole. uh, We can make that like seven topics, right? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yeah. (laughs) Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. (laughs) So what is your opinion on facial hair? Uh, I'm for it. Really? So you prefer? Yeah, I acted. I pretended like I had to think about it for a second, but I didn't. I just was thinking about like how to express my enthusiasm for facial hair. That's so funny. I feel like in recent years, there's just like this wave. Yeah, it's of, definitely a trend. Yeah, where women are like, I actually like guys with beards and mustaches and stuff. When and I was a little kid, I hated beards. They were so scary and stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I only bring it up because I'm. I'm growing a beard, and I. It's no, not you're not. Be, Are you serious? Yes, I, yes abs- I'm absolutely growing a beard. I'll I'll post a picture on uh maybe on our Facebook or something. Your last so beard attempt didn't go so well, dude. No, I uh, saw it for, on Facebook. Yeah, or, I mean on Twitter, you were posting your daily beard progress, and then one day that you deleted all the pictures, and I'm like, oh, he shaved his beard, didn't he? Well, but uh, well, wait a second. Like, what? W- what is the end goal? Like. Like, it's like a foot long and then it's a beard. Like, it was a fucking beard. It just was short. And then I was like, I'm done with this. And that's where I'm at with it now, where it's it's short and it's starting to get kind of long and I'm just sort of looking unkempt. You got to get past look- the unkempt phase. Yeah. But I, I think I think facial hair is funny because, yeah, it just seemed like a while ago, girls, even a few years ago, they were just not into it. And then now every other girl is like, oh, yeah, I really, really dig beards. And it's like, do you dig beards? Or... Is this beard like basically the Ryan Gosling? Yeah, it's like a fashion statement. It's a it's a fashion trend. Okay, so it's gonna go away. Yeah, eventually. But now I'm on the beard boat. For now, you're sailing away on the beard boat. I'm sailing away on the beard boat. How far boat. are you gonna go out into that ocean? Uh, until I hit Relevance Island, or um, uh, <laughs> until I hit Fulfillment Island, or um, I look damn good Peninsula, or I can't take this shit anymore Isthmus. Yeah, you got that. You, know I mean? you got that red beard, huh? I do have the red beard. Yeah, I have brown hair, a red beard, blue eyes, uh, and a heart of fucking gold. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna say something else. What were you gonna say? I thought you were gonna say a hard fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. nope. Was not gonna say that. Oh wow! <laughs> That'll. Be, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna. Ride the boat, the beard boat to Mustache Island, and then I'm going to swim off into the clean cut sea. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Well, bon voyage. Yep. <laughs> do you listen to This American Life? Yeah, of course I do. Of course yeah. you do. Everybody does. Come on. Yeah, and, and like a couple of years back, um, this thing got posted on the internet. It's Ira Glass in a studio just talking about storytelling. Um, but one segment he talks about just creativity and perseverance. And uh, I recently saw an animation that somebody did, like a typographic animation of it. 
which I guess we can post on our Facebook page if anyone's interested in seeing it. But I'm going to actually play the audio from it uh, in the podcast, but I want to play, I want you to listen to it right now so we can talk about it for a second. Oh, me? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> um, should I play it right now? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to play it right now. Nobody uh, tells people who are beginners, and I really wish somebody had told this to me, is that um, all of us who do creative work, like, you know, we get into it, and we get into it because we have good taste. But it's like there's a gap that for the first couple of years that you're making stuff, what you're making isn't so good, okay? It's not that great. It's, it's, it's trying to be good. It has ambition to be good, but it's not quite that good. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, your, your taste is still killer. And your taste is good enough that you can tell that what you're making is kind of a disappointment to you. You know what I mean? A lot of people never get past that phase. A lot of people at that point, they quit. And the thing I would just like say to you with all my heart is that most everybody I know who does interesting creative work, they went through a phase of years where they had really good taste, they could tell what they were making wasn't as good as they wanted it to be. They knew it felt short. It didn't have this special thing that we wanted it to have. And the thing I would say to you is everybody goes through that. And for you to go through it, if you're going through it right now, if you're just getting out of that phase, you got to know it's totally normal. And the most important possible thing you could do is do a lot of work. Do a huge volume of work. Put yourself on a deadline so that every week or every month you know you're going to finish one story. Because it's only by actually going through a volume of work that you're actually going to ca catch up and close that gap. And your the work you're making will be as good as your ambitions. In my case, like I, I took longer to figure out how to do this than anybody I've ever met. It takes a while. It's going to take you a while. It's normal to take a while, and you just have to fight your way through that. Okay? Okay. Oh, man, that was so cool. Actually, <clears throat> my girlfriend was telling me about that. Yeah, it's it's been around. I mean, that, that little talk was recorded a while back, and that, that animation's been around for a while. Yeah, that's fantastic. But the part that he says when you're working and you just kind of feel like your stuff is falling short, that's the thing that I, I never seem to be able to power through. For some reason, I'm so impatient. Like when I started trying to paint a couple of years ago, my paintings were, you know, they were just amateur. So I didn't get that like reward when it, when I put all the effort into making it. And then when it was done, it didn't make me proud. So I didn't want to, it didn't have a motivation to do another one. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of makes me think of like indie bands right now. I think there's a... There's this thing where people keep kind of saying, oh, this band was together for six months and then they just blew up and they wrote this one song or whatever. And I think that happens, but I think that for everybody else, it's just so discouraging that I could totally see a, a band of 19-year-olds be, like being together for a year and they're like, yeah, nothing happened, so we gave up, you know? And it's like, for 99% of us, it doesn't work like that. You've been in your band for a while. Tell me about... Like the beginning. Yeah, the beginning we were terrible. Uh, I, I think there were bits of things that we really liked about it, but kind of like, yeah, like what uh, Ira Glass was saying, like we just all knew it just wasn't great. Like it was, you know, it was cohesive music that we cared about and this, there were some decent songs. And there's one in particular that we still that we still play. I actually played it on this podcast a few uh, weeks ago. Yep, I it's remember. It's called 20, 20 something. But uh, other than that, it's just kind of like, you know, some songs like the lyrics would be strong and then there would be like no real strong melody or in another one, the chord progression would be strong or the beat would be really strong, but it just wasn't a fully formed thing. And so for us, it just took us years to kind of like 
figure out how to write songs together and what we thought was good and how to like uh, sort of crystallize the craft we were working on. How did you crystallize it? Experience. Uh, playing across the country to mainly nobody, but like like we've been touring since the very beginning of our band. And I think you know pretty quick after you play these songs over and over and over again if they're special or not. If you, I think if you're on the road for a, like a whole summer and if by the uh, by a few weeks into it you hate playing these songs, then the songs are not good. Right. And you need to write better songs. You know, David Byrne from the Talking Heads, uh, I heard an interview once that he said he's played once in a lifetime like thousands of times and he's never gotten tired of it. Because it's just that kind of a good song. I mean, I've heard it hundreds of times and I think it's still good every time I, I hear it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, that's what any artist strives to do is just make something really meaningful and uh, that's going to last, you know? You know, Malcolm Gladwell said that, you know, you can master something in 10,000 hours. Yeah. I guess the only thing I've mastered so far is Twitter. Yeah, I'm mean with masturbating. <laughs> Just kidding. 10,000 hours of Come on. stroking it. I don't last that long, folks. So. <laughs> That'd be so many sessions. Two seconds long each. Yeah, exactly. Booker! <laughs> You ready for some song? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay. So I'm going to give this one a shot. This is one of the best songs around, in my humble opinion. It's uh, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. This is good. All right. All right. I may not always love you. But as long as there are stars above you You'll never need to doubt it I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you If you should ever leave me Life would still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? God only knows what I'd be without you
that sound okay? Yeah, it sounded great. I love that song. Oh man, that song is so fucking. That's just yeah. I all I can think of, but this uh, this phrase is just so cliche. Is out of this world, like it's just otherworldly. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, Brian Wilson had a talent for making things that just were from someplace else. Yeah, so good. Uh, well, this has been five things in a song. And we mentioned Patrick's band earlier, but I should say again uh, that it's called Flashbulb Fires, and you can visit flashbulbfires.bandcamp.com to listen to uh, songs for free. And guess what? Um, I'm going to meet you because our band is going to play the West Coast in June. Where? We're going to play everywhere from Salt Lake City down to San Diego, L.A., I think Santa Cruz. But what venue uh, in L.A.? I don't know. We're still working on it. Come on, tell me. I were I, maybe the Viper Room. Oh yeah, yeah. We're still confirming dates, but I'll definitely let you guys know. Uh, yeah. So I can't wait to meet you. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, please like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Five Things in a Song. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a nice review on the iTunes. I'm Om Seventy Six. I'm Patrick McGuire. And we'll see you next week. Bye.